everybody, Frank Aaron here, and we're back with you with another episode. And I have my dear friend and colleague, Gary Beck, with us. Gary's in the studio. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Frank. Yeah, it's another great looking morning. If I look out the window, we've got the sun shining and uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. Now, we promised the last uh, podcast that we had, we talked about giving people like a fact sheet, a tear sheet, a guide to sort of this anti-inflammatory eating. What, what things could they eat right away that are gonna reduce swelling and irritation in their bodies, whether it's Parkinson's disease, arthritis, uh, you know, lupus, all these different inflammatory kinds of things that our bodies are unfortunately um, subject to sometimes. So you took the time, you went back to your lab, you put on your white coat and your, your glasses and your clipboard and your pen, and you took some notes here for us. So what do you have for us, Gary? We've got this guide for anti-inflammatory eating. And um, what, can, can we talk real fast about, you know, you mentioned this part about our, the unfortunate side effect of our modern lifestyle. I think we need to touch on that really, really quick. What's causing all this inflammation and degenerative diseases like arthritis and you know, Parkinson. I mean, obviously we're not doctors, nor do we play ones on TV, but you read around enough and you do your homework and you find out what the real deal looks like here. I mean, these are things that can lead to cancer, diabetes, mood disorder, digestive issues, weight gain. What, 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 what do you mean that these, these are side effects of our modern lifestyle? Like what exactly are you talking about? Yeah, well, Frank, it's, it's a, it's a, big topic and we've already talked a little bit about the fact that inflammation is at the root of how a lot of diseases um, develop and inflammation is not always um, going to be represented by pain you know if you've got an inflamed uh, knee or an inflamed elbow from falling or, or from even arthritis you, you know about it you feel it but when we've got inflammatory processes that are happening down within the body at a cellular level this is when we get systemic issues arising and as we spoke about recently there's there's this whole issue with inflammation that allows stuff to get into places in the body that it's not supposed to be and uh, that's that's the gut barrier that's also the blood brain barrier when we're talking about mood disorders so yeah this whole inflammation uh, issue is in many ways initiated by what we are feeding the body the same old story what we're eating what we're drinking can have a inflammatory effect or an anti-inflammatory effect and that and that's why i wanted to put this little guide together to give people some hints and tips as to the things they can take charge of straight away to to maybe mitigate some of this inflammation that could be at the root of why they're not feeling so great Perfect. And I, and I think another way of saying it too is you are, you know, that old cliche, you are what you eat, but really if you're putting crap in your body, you can't complain when there's blowback or complications later on. It's, it's, you know, I could have a donut right now, although it's 5.30 in the afternoon, my time here in Pennsylvania, that would be a little awkward, but you know, it's I could have a donut. donut What's that? It's perfect donut time, isn't it? Uh, pizza is the anytime food. I don't know about donuts, but <laughs> now I'm going to want a donut when I wake up. Geez, thanks, Gary. Some health coach you are, man. It's going to be one of the white powdery sugary ones with the just 
you know, you get the white sort of lipstick around you. Oh God, those it are is good. Perfect with a big cup of coffee. Yep. Any, anyways. So look, moving forward, um, let's talk about the thing. Cause I asked you last podcast, I said, Hey Gary, what can people do? What can people, what can they eat and have right away? That's going to make a difference. And like I say, you prepared this formula, um, for us to work off of this, this, you know, really just get your head around. Like here, when I say formula, I mean, you know, eat this and it's going to help you reduce that. So yep. there's a formula to all this and a science to it. And it's a, thank God our bodies are smart enough to know what to do to heal ourselves in many instances, if we give them the right ingredients. So you talk about grains and pseudo grains, you know, can we talk about the difference there? Cause What's a pseudo grain, like a grain in a, in a mustache and dark sunglasses? Or what, what does that mean yeah, exactly? Yeah, undercover grain, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? What are you talking about there? <laughs> yeah, the pseudo simply, simply refers to some of the um, modern grains, although the, the less known modern grains are, in fact, mostly old-fashioned grains, grains that have been lost um, and uh, have been rediscovered. So... Some people will be familiar with um, things like no. quinoa and amaranth, and these are these are kind of um, uh, old-fashioned foods that that are not really a grain, but they do have some of the grain qualities that uh, are beneficial. So, um, common grains, of course, are going to be the likes of of oats and and wheat and and rice and those sort of things. So. Um, grains and pseudo grains and, and there are it's a really big category of course when it comes to inflammation it's uh, pretty much any of your baked goods are going to be of course comprised of grains and the more highly processed and refined they are the more likely they are to result in inflammation for your body that's when so, things so get get bad for you um yeah and I just was making a bookmark there to go back and look at these pseudo grains after it's, it's, it's why I love working with you. Cause there's always something for me to look at and figure out after, after like every call, I'm like, I have to read about this, 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 and this. So pseudo grains and regular grains. And I, I suppose that pizza, Oh geez, I see it here in red. <laughs> here we go. The main cul yeah. culprits will include most baked goods from your bakery, pizza, white bread, pasta, breakfast cereals, cakes, muffins, biscuits, pies, bagels, crackers, and etc. So right away I see pizza that I love. I don't eat white bread anymore, Gary. I give myself credit. I switched over to whole wheat. Um, pasta, yeah, I'm part Italian, so that's going to work for me. Breakfast cereals, I do like my cornflakes every now and then. And pie crack crackers, you're probably going to take my saltine, my digestive biscuits away from me, aren't you, you rascal? <laughs> so we've got there's to go. Simple, there's simple options, yeah. And remember, it's, it's, a, it's always about a balance. You know, it's not that um, grains are bad, but the way that our grains are processed and refined into something that's really not really representative of a grain anymore is, is part of the problem. It's almost not a food anymore is what we're saying. That's right, yeah. It's... it's it's, it's derived from a food, but it's really not a food. So, and that's the real key to understanding a lot of things in our environment. Even, even regards to a food that you and I may have eaten when we were, we were kids, that same food on the supermarket shelves these days will comprise a whole different list of ingredients. So that's, that's a whole nother topic. But um, yeah, the, the more refined, the more processed, the more um, likely it is to cause inflammation. 
Well, how about that's where the whole grains? That's where the whole grains and the fiber that's provided with whole grains right. offer um, lots of benefits. Of course, when when uh, flour or wheat is ground, the first thing that is removed is the husk and the hull and the, and the fiber. And those are the important things. If people have been listening to what we've been saying, the fiber is that really important substrate that helps to feed the good bacteria within the gut. Yeah, so you're, you're taking all the stuff out and they have to enrich it to put the stuff that they took out back in and it's never as good the second time. Absolutely, yeah. And nature put those things in there for a reason. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, very true. Now, one thing I will say, Gary, you mentioned fruits and vegetables here. Like, I'm on board with that. I can, I can do fruits and vegetables. So let's sure. talk about the um, uh, um, inflammatory stuff, which, by the way, you, I'm down to hardly drinking any V8 or V8 Splash. Um, you'll, be, you'll be pleased to know. I I'm, I'm kind of miss my V8 in the morning, but I'm like, I drink water, Gary. I mean, I'm, I'm religious about drinking water now. You guys can see this, man. I'm, I'm behind. I'm about 30. Well, I better start drinking, Gary. I'm 30 ounces behind schedule here, but still, I'm making 40 or 50 ounces of uh, water a day. What do you have to say about these, you know, commercial fruit juices and different things? Yeah, that well, perfect? the problem, the problem with them, Frank, is that once again, they're, they're refined or purified or filtered, pasteurized. Uh, often they'll have sugar added into them or even artificial sugars. So, you know, and these are the issues. When you pick up an apple and eat an apple, right. you're getting all of those components that have been designed by nature to make sure that that is a balanced food. But when you squeeze an apple or squeeze a piece of fruit and just take the juice out of it and then you put it into a big, a big vat and you boil it up and pasteurize it and then you add a little bit of color to it, you add a little bit of sugar to it to make it um, even, even better <laughs> in the minds of the food production companies and then you put it on the shelf. Yeah, it's, it's just not the same thing, Frank. And I think people can see that and know that, but it's just really getting, getting around to the fact that the fruits and vegetables um, in their natural form are less likely to be pumped up with extra salt and sugar. And that's no good, even if it tastes good. I'm afraid the, uh, the tricks that are used to make something taste good and look good don't really necessarily relate to being good for us. Yeah. Right. They don't, cor they don't cor correlate. It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. You look at this stuff and you're like, man, it looks delicious. And you read the ingredients, you're like, this is synthetic man-made artificial food <laughs> product. I mean, you should never use the word food and product together, I don't think, Gary. It's, it's probably wow. a bad sign of uh, you're not getting what you need out of it. So, yeah. okay. And part of that, you know, part of that is the fact that, yeah, they're going to be, many of these type of foods will be exceptionally high in either sugar or salt, depending on what food they are. And also, um, there's the potential for lots of preservatives and other things to be added as well, which don't really enhance our body. So, now. Yeah. I see you've chosen to leave out three of my favorite things, which are cucumber, tomato, and green grapes. So why, why are they on the naughty list? <laughs> are they on the naughty list? No. Well, they're not we, on a good list. I mean, I'm assuming you give examples. Hey, we, we, we'll give you a little bit of uh, editor's um, 
discretion, and you could add those in there if you like, Frank. I what do you have against tomatoes? I didn't. Li I didn't list everything. Tomatoes are fine um, as sure? long as you don't have a problem with nightshade foods. And a whole other topic again. I, I just, I'm going to make sure I type this in here, Gary, because I object. On behalf of the American Tomatoes Grower Council, I'm afraid I'm going to have to lobby for its inclusion here. Because I'm glad you've done that, Frank. Yeah. Growing up in New Jersey, you could literally, I mean, you think of New Jersey as this crowded, smoggy, polluted place, but they grow the best cranberries and the best tomatoes in America. You're going to get New Jersey tomatoes, these big, red, juicy, you bite into them and like, just, you know, you get a crunch and you get juice, tomato juice, you know, popping out too. Oh my God. So, all right. So listen, um, what about um, green grapes? I see you have red grapes here. What, what did a green grape ever do to you, Gary? <laughs> you really want me to tell you? No, look, green grapes are fine as well. As okay. I say, it's not a, it's not a complete list. I was starting to give up hope here. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best, Gary, but you know, this is all new to me. It's an indicative list. And um, yeah, as long as people get the idea, if it's, if it's fresh, seasonal, and it's whole, it's probably going to be pretty good for you. Well, you make a good point there about seasonal. Tell me real quick about seasonal. Because we, yeah, well, we used to eat, like you had your X in the fall, your Y over the winter, and your Z in the spring, and you just rotated through, and there was a reason. Surely God and nature have a, a, a plan for that. And yet now you get everything year round and like, I don't know, is it as good? What, what do you have to say about a se eating a seasonal diet? Yeah, a seasonal diet is, is definitely preferable and it's preferable because it's, it's, uh, it's more on a subtle energy level than anything else. We can get good nutrition from, um, for example, having beetroot or broccoli or asparagus all year round. Right, the, right. Uh, foods that will offer you vitamins and minerals and a whole host of things. Okay. But if you're eating asparagus in the correct asparagus season, it's going to be delivering this subtle energy component that makes it really easy for your body to absorb and assimilate. It's, it's just uh, much easier on the whole body. And you'll actually end up getting more energized from eating seasonally. It's a very weird, subtle thing, but it's, it's uh, actually been noted in some literature that, that the properties of seasonal vegetables, as opposed to products that are shipped in from another country or whatever to sort of give us all year round supplies, mm -hmm. lose their value in that um, journey or in the fact that they are being grown in a um, man-made environment. Right, an artificial and environment. In an artificial environment. And there's these subtle little components that are just not there in that food. That's really yeah. interesting because I've, I've, I, I kind of knew what that meant, but to hear it said that way, like, I mean, you used to didn't have, you know, even, even as a kid, I kind of remember that. Like, you couldn't get everything year round. It was like, oh, no, this yeah. is now it's, you know, I don't want to say corn, but I'll use corn as an example. Like, you know, it was always big in the summer because that's when the, you know, the harvest came in mm. yep. back then. I mean, back then. And now I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my cornfield. I'm like, duh, they don't even ha harvest this stuff till October. So maybe that's feed corn for, uh, you know, cows and stuff like that. I, I, 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm new here, Gary, you know, <laughs> I've only been in Pennsylvania 20 years. I should know what they grow and why they grow, but I don't. But the point is whatever it was like grapes, I can tell you the best grapes that we get, the green grapes come from the supermarket. They, they come from Chile, Chile. And yeah. uh, God, they are good. But man, when they were out of season, the other grapes that you had just aren't as, like they're not as good. Yeah. So, yeah, and even 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 a part of that, Frank, you can imagine if if uh, grapes have been harvested from a a country far away, then it's likely that those grapes are going to have to be harvested at a less than um, mature place. You know, if you if you, if fruit ripens on a tree or a vine and it's at that optimum level where it's color and its sweetness and its juiciness are just all there right at, at the top level. If you harvest something in that at that point and then you try and store it and ship it and get it on a supermarket shelf, you're going to get a massive loss because of deterioration of the fruit. So most fruit that's um, harvested and shipped miles and miles or across borders is obviously going to be harvested when it's not 100% ripe. And so that's another reason why, you know, fresh, seasonal, local is going to more often than not deliver much more value and much more flavor. So you're telling me my grapes that just came from 2,000 miles behind me or 3,000 miles behind me are no good, huh? I knew you were going to say, why do I even, why do I even open my mouth, Gary? <laughs> you know? Oh, we're, we're kind of lucky here. We have, we have, uh, grapes at the moment and uh, they're plentiful you know end of summer and uh, red grapes green grapes and boy they taste good i think i'm gonna have to move to sicily because when i was there on vacation one summer man you just drove down the road and here's you know olives over here tomatoes over here just eat i mean you get shot eating people's food but like it was just growing so abundantly and like almost want to say i mean i don't know for sure year round but when I was there, I was just like, there's like food everywhere growing and you could just like, so not, like not, not, you know, it wasn't American, I, I, um, what sort of agro, whatever. It's not like American, like our, you know, these big conglomerates. Big monoculture, yep. The yeah. Big monoculture farms, yep. It's like, yeah, I want to pull over and chomp on a tomato. There's one right there. How cool is that? I'm just going to eat, like, it's just growing well, like it should. Yeah. And of course, people that live in those country areas and places like Sicily, Sicily and so forth, their, their meals, meals are generally foraged. They'll go out and they'll forage to get the, the vegetables for their meal. That's commonplace in many of those sort of outlying regions in Italy and Sicily. And how healthy is that for them? You know what I mean? Oh, man. That's why they live so long. You know, they, they got these... You know, they're, they're eating real food, it's fresh, it's from their immediate environment, and it's delivering everything that they need. As opposed to me getting my grapes from my two-week-old grapes that were <laughs> harvested premature from South America. Great, Gary. All right, thank you for that. Before I bang I'm my head against... I'm not going to mention the radiation, Frank, okay? No, we'll Don't save worry. that for another call. Listen, let's go through legumes and beans. We've got legumes, beans, nuts and seeds, and animal protein. So... Oh, God, we've got fats yep. and oils, Gary. Okay, so, yeah, legumes and beans, of course, these are the vegetable sources of proteins that right. Um, right. are really, really helpful in their whole form. 
But when we're looking at uh, protein sources that aren't meat, one thing to be really just a little bit con um, wary of are the processed pseudo meats or the or the fake meats, the the vegetarian sausages and the vegan meat patties. You know these things often have um, once again highly processed and refined components. They're often made from a textured soya protein of some sort, some sort of soya isolate. And so once again, that isolated component made to look like something that it's not, then you've got potential problems. But when it comes to legumes, things like uh, uh, chickpeas and black beans, butter beans, soybeans, mm -hmm. as long as they're, um, they're not GMO, these are all great food that have uh, lots of fiber, plenty of protein, and uh, will help to control inflammation, help to control blood pressure, help to control sugar, um, highs and lows, and also have benefits for your cholesterol level. So yeah, these are, these are a, an easy food to add and perhaps replace when you decide to lower your animal protein intake. Because unfortunately, most of the animal proteins that we thrive on uh, overconsumed in the Western world, and they unfortunately will have anti-inflammatory components. What what um what about nuts and seeds? What are your thoughts there? Like um, yep. You know. So nuts and seeds, nuts and seeds are are a great food. Once again, you know that whole little seed or nut is enough to grow a, a plant or a tree, and so everything that that yet to be born tree needs is within that seed or that nut so in that way once again all-round foods proteins fibers fats they're all there and if you're eating fresh um, nuts and seeds perfect but if they've been roasted or coated with any sort of fancy candy uh, right. coatings or flavored in some way then you've got more of an issue and one of the issues that people don't often understand is that when nuts are sort of put through some process and they're coated with something, that coating is highly, is, is easily going to mask the fact that those nuts are old and the fats within them are rancid. Oh, man. So, and rancid fats are real poison. We don't want them. They cause real big problems and uh, and need to be avoided at all costs. So that's the thing people need to be be aware of. If something's coated and it's roasted, that may hide the fact that it's rancid. You're, so buying, yes, you're buying yesterday's news. Now, real quick, one thing I like that you said, though, is if, if you're eating a seed, if you're eating something that could turn into a plant or a, uh, a tree or whatever, it's all included it just needs sunshine and good soil and some water. Like That's it. that has to be a good food for it. That has to be a complete whole food. It just would make sense to me. Yep. Nuts and seeds are great. Yep. Perfect. Now what about animal protein? Cause you mentioned that, but let's talk a little bit more about that. Yep. Animal protein. So one of the problems that we have is red meat, unfortunately. And the right. reason it can be inflammatory is comes back to what we talked about a little bit. This is the ratio of the essential fatty acids. So the red meat often has saturated fats or omega-6 fats. And people will remember that 
the modern diet has too many of the omega-6 versus the omega-3 fatty acids. Right. So we, we want to bring that ratio back to more of a balance. And uh, to do that, less red meat is going to be um, quite helpful in many cases. Yeah. I've made a note that there's this thing called advanced glycation end products. So these are inflammatory compounds. And people have heard this before, I'm sure. When you are having a barbecue and you cook your steak and it's blackened and charred, what's being created there in that grilling or barbecuing is advanced glycation end products. These are inflammatory components that will make you age faster. Oh, man. That's not good. So it tastes it's good, but good. it's it tastes good, but it's not good for. And once again, you know, I'm not a gigantic meat person, but um, man, there's some good stuff. What about lamb? What's your position on lamb? Lamb, yeah, I enjoy lamb. It's it's uh, it's a good uh, fit for my body, but not not a lot. You know, we don't have a lot of it, right. and um, it's something that is perhaps going to be in a stir fry or um, cooked gently as a, as a lamb steak, as opposed to fried up and uh, really seared and charred. Because I'll tell you, you're probably going to say this is no good anyway, but man, a, la a lamb kebab, for, like at a good Indian place, oh, I'm just, man, I'll tell you what, I never met a lamb that I didn't want to stick a fork into, Gary. I'm serious. Yeah. Like these... uh, a good lamb kebab, yeah, with some nice spices and, and oh, uh, man. sorts of is is a great food and once again you know in that traditional format in a in a kebab form it's going to be presented along with vegetables i'm sure and right. other things that are going to balance that out so it's instead of having this massive t-bone steak on your plate you know have that smaller portion of the good quality protein um and have that wonderful complement of vegetables and you know that that if you if you're going to do that if you're going to be able to reduce the size of your steak and increase the size of your vegetables on your platter, that itself is going to be a move to reduce inflammation. Okay. Well, that makes, that makes sense to me. Um, I'm trying to think what else I want to ask you about. And there is, um, oh, geez, we talked about, um, we just talked about animal protein, right? Um, yep. What about like, um, if I was to say fats and oils and stuff like that, because um, I like olives, and I have a feeling that you're going to tell me olives are no good. Hey, look, olives and olive oil, you can keep eating them as much as you like, Frank. And once again, you know, the olive, the, the olive oil is... Can I, can I get that in writing, Gary? Because you usually, <laughs> <laughs> usually take my fun away from me. It's not, now you're giving me my fun. I like that. No, in fact, you know, the, I enjoy olives, always have, and... Um, olive oil is pretty much the primary oil that I use in my food and it's always an extra virgin cold-pressed olive oil don't don't mix um, um, or don't use any oils really that are not cold-pressed okay because if it doesn't say it's cold-pressed or it's extra virgin you know that it's been refined and that refining process removes the good things all the good stuff so if you're having, if you're buying olive oil and it's not extra virgin olive oil and you're buying it because you've heard that olive oil is really good for you, you're wasting your money. Yeah, it's false, false some advertising. Other, some other cheap oil because the, 
the fact that it's refined means that it's now lost those super little components that really make it a special food. Right. So you, you process. Get the real thing and you'll be much better off. So you processed all the good stuff right out of it, haven't you? Yeah. Same story. Yep. Yep. It's been, the refining has removed those little cofactors that make, make it special. Now, how about herbs and spices? Because I can, I can get down with those too, Gary. You, got, you, you, you have me on board with that. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, well, well, we know that herbs and spices have been used throughout the ages in all different cultures and societies. And they're not only going to enhance the flavor of your food, but they're generally going to be amazing anti-inflammatories. So yeah, keep on using the herbs and spices, Frank, as many as, and as much as you like because it's, it's all good stuff. These, these plants, whether they're fresh or dry, deliver lots of bang for their buck. They're, they're great. You know, um, I was hoping you were gonna say that. So we can stick with that. And, and turmeric on its own, as an example, many people may be aware of the anti-inflammatory properties of turmeric. Right. And uh, it's, it's a spice that has one of the highest um, ratings of they they use a scale. It's called the ORAC scale, which which talks about how much of an anti-inflammatory something as a food is. And turmeric is way up there on that um, on that list. It's um, amazing. Oh, so, good. Yeah, keep them going, Frank. Keep them going. Good. So that's a good one. And then what else do we have? Last but not least, we have, according to my notes, we have. Hold on. Beverages. Well, the world needs to drink more water. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm not, a tea, I'm not a tea guy. You're going to tell me I need to drink green tea, I'm sure, but sorry, guys. No, you don't have to drink green tea. Green tea, of course, is going to be way better than uh, soft drinks or, or, um, or even alcohol. So once again, it's, it's getting away from the, the products that have been commercially produced and keeping it simple. So water is going to be always the first choice, but uh, these days we know that a variety of herb teas, because the herbs have nice benefits when they're used as a herb, if you've got a good quality herb tea, you're going to get those benefits on a, on a slightly lesser level. Um, but good, yeah, good old green tea, we know that it's known as an antioxidant, so no problems with drinking a bit of green tea, but alcohol, soft drinks, commercially um, made fruit drinks and energy drinks and, and uh, those sort of things really need to be minimized big time. I, um, I don't miss alcohol. I did a great job drinking it in my late teens and early 20s. So I'm probably still drying out from that some 30 plus years later. So yeah. I don't really feel like I am missing much with alcohol, but you know, what is your thought about red wine? Because some people swear by, you know, oh, it helps me a little bit or whatever. Um, is there any harm in moderation or we have to be teetotalers? It's, yeah, look, a, a little bit of red wine is not going to break the bank. But okay. once again, this is where it's, it's important to understand that if you are, have a compromised digestive system, if you are struggling with weight, if you are struggling with a mood disorder, alcohol, even if it's just a glass of red wine, is not going to help those things. Gotcha. So it depends how committed people are to, to making positive changes. How, like how thoroughly things, you're going to... You know, 
yeah, if things aren't too bad for you, then having a, a, a nice glass of wine with, with friends or family, you know, accompanied with the meal, you know, what a, what a wonderful way to have an evening. But you're saying if you have to go, like, you're, if you have to go, I don't want to say cold turkey, but if you have to go towards the end of, hey, I've got problems, I need to take care of myself, then what you're saying is, you know, you're going to have to give that up and, and, and just be, you're, in other words, you have to be all in is what you're saying. Yeah, you really do. It's, and what will happen is over time, people realize that, oh, well, when I, I realize now that if I had that thing or if I had that drink later on or the next day, I felt like crap. Right. And, and they hadn't really made those connections properly. When they right. get rid of them and they don't feel like crap anymore, they realize, oh, wow, that really, that really was making a difference. And I was so messed up and I didn't even realize it at the time. That's interesting. So yeah, I don't. I, it's more trouble than it's worth for 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 me to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's not like I'm yep. a, a a square or anything, but it's just like why why am I why am I bothering? Like why do I want to why do I want to wake up in the morning with a headache? I have three beers. I have the same hangover that I had when I had twelve. You know what I mean? So yeah, why why like why bother at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, we've covered all this, Gary, so we're going to make this available. There's two places you can look for it. Um, one, it'll be in the podcast description. Two, it'll be in the resources link that we have on our website. Um, so you should be able to find it either place. Can't find it, just email us, shoot us a message on social media. We'll hand deliver it. Matter of fact, Gary, there's another place we'll have it on the Facebook page under yeah. um, sort of files or what have you. You can put it there. So cool. Well, Gary, thank you so much. There's more to elaborate on, more to talk about. I've got notes here and stuff rolling in my head and my phone over here. I've made more notes. So I'm going to go and do my homework. And um, we appreciate you, my good listener and, and, and viewer and fan of all things eating good and taking care of your gut and reducing inflammation. So use this and, and embrace it because it does work. Gary, thank you so much for doing this for us. I really appreciate it. We'll see you again next episode. Yep, no, that's been fun. And this is the thing. People do have control on the food that they eat. And uh, the food they eat has control on how they feel. So, um, yep, go for it, people. Great talking to you today. And uh, we'll speak again real soon. All right, thanks a lot, Gary. We'll talk soon. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.